Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. So, um, no episode last week. Uh, you were away. You were away. I was away. Uh, and we thought, it's an international break. I mean, it's not like anything's going to happen, is it? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, right, okay, first things first. We do have a football match to talk about. It was a while back. Uh, Two-all draw with Swansea just before the um, international break. Uh, what did you think? Um... It does feel so long ago, but I, I do recall uh, that the first half performance it was really good, actually, up to them scoring. And Wednesday should have been a couple of goals ahead, uh, but weren't ruthless in front of goal, which unfortunately has been a bit of a theme of the last few months, arguably the season. Uh, but then the character and the response in the second half and the substitutions, Adam Reach and Fernando Forestieri involved in the equaliser. Uh, and then you're thinking that, yeah, it's Wednesday's turn for the late winner when Morgan Fox uh, pops up with that goal, but it, it wasn't quite meant to be. And um, um, yeah, I just feel as if we're, we're, it's another match which where two points have slipped away. And when Wednesday have competed and played so well against one of the top teams, it, it's frustrating how many points that they've thrown away, uh, especially in that period before uh, you know, uh, the last international break. Yeah, um, I mean, there's tons of kind of like... Um tweets and stuff doing the rounds isn't there which is talking about you know if Wednesday hadn't conceded goals in injury time this is the number of extra points they would have and all that kind of um, stuff which um, is all unfortunately um, yeah true and um, there is there is an issue there I'm sure we'll come to that uh, from a team point of view so um, probably surprising to both of us Adam Reach getting dropped now we talked about it um, it does seem like an edge ago but we did talk about it on the on the last singing the blues and sort of said, I don't think either of us could see that happening for this game just before the international break, and yet it did. So Jacob Murphy came into the into the team. What do you think he? Do you think he offered much? I think he did all right. I thought he continued his form from Blackburn, and uh, I think in the last couple of outings for Jacob Murphy, he showed signs of he may be coming into a bit of form. But I still feel like there's a lot more in his locker, and uh, you know he could have scored in the first half. And I'd like to think that he, he will now hopefully be hitting the ground running and maybe he will have a little bit of a consistent run in the team. It still may be a case of going into West Brom. The squad's going to be needed, but I would I, I would think that Jacob Murphy and he'd be playing against a team where he was on loan, I think, last season, that you, know, you start Jacob Murphy um, and, until he puts in a another bad performance and you hope that there's a very few and far between and you know you've got Adam Reach that's waiting there in the wings but it may be that the squad will need rotating anyway when you've got the three games in the week that's coming up so I think yeah you stick with Jacob Murphy definitely for West Brom and then there were of course a a number of other changes that were forced on Wednesday as well and Sam Hutchinson and Julian Burner missing the second match in the last three um, which is a real shame um, Tom Lee's again unexpectedly coming back in um, he, he he looked like he was fit and, and, and ready for it I, I think we just assumed that it would have been a bit strange to bring him back in just before the international break but circumstances kind of dictated on uh, on that one um, he seemed to do alright and 
it does feel like an absolute age ago. I'm really struggling to kind of remember how some players um, played in that game. But um, what about from a midfield point of view then? Because I felt it, it at times it was just a bit unbalanced in midfield. We were going back a few years really, weren't we? To Kieran Lee and Barry Bannon uh, in central midfield. Without that kind of enforcer, that that sort of like he's almost a sweeper, isn't he, Hutch? When he when he plays in that defensive role, I felt like the defense just looked a little bit exposed at times, and that link up play. That actually, you would sort of think with Kieran Lee and Barry Bannon there that it would be better, but I think um, there's 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 a, a sort of a determination about Sam Hutchinson that he just drives the play forward that just didn't seem to be there. Everything felt a little bit sluggish to me yeah. at times. On, I know what you're saying. On, yeah, on, I, on Saturday, I, I feel as if um, we can't have it sort of both ways. Sometimes I think we've been critical recently of perhaps Gary Monk's set up the tactics of being a bit too cautious and negative whereas then actually for this home match he's, he's gone 4-4-2 against a team who were fourth before kickoff, um, playing Atty and Stephen Fletcher up front together and going with a more attack minded and you know, you're looking at it goal threat from midfield by going with Kieran Lee instead of Joey Pelipesi who was on the bench and Jacob Murphy on the right, Kadeem Harris on the left, plenty of pace, directness with them. So I, I'm not going to actually have a go really. That I know what you're saying about the balance, it wasn't quite right, but it's another opportunity for Gary Monk to have a look at Kieran Lee, which I think is important. Uh, it's, it's been a while since he started two games in a row and the first time under Gary Monk. So now Kieran Lee can't say that He's not had an opportunity to impress. He's now played two in a row and he may well start at the Hawthorns. It, it was a, a crazy start to the game, wasn't it? It was a really ferocious start from uh, Wednesday. And I think what you say about the midfield there, a very fair point in terms of the fact that there was a different feel to the performance in the the opening half of the first half, if that makes sense, of the opening quarter of the, of the game. Uh, it, there was so much intensity, there was so much uh, positivity. Unfortunately, there was that little bit of a familiar story there in terms of not taking chances. Yeah, it was. Well, Jacob Murphy, Atty Nuyu had a shot uh, that was, didn't go far wide. Um, Stephen Fletcher hit the post where maybe earlier on in the season when things were going Stephen Fletcher's way, uh, he would have taken that chance. And I think now Stephen Fletcher's actually gone six without... A goal. Right, and I think right, I, I read the stat that he's hit the woodwork. I think in each of the last three matches, wow. so he's just not getting that <laughs> rub of the green. Man, that's unlucky. Yeah, that is very unlucky. Um, so it would be great if yeah Stephen Fletcher can quickly rediscover uh, his goal scoring touch. As there's no getting away from it that you look across the team, and yes, they've got two goals against Swansea. That's a big improvement. First time they'd actually scored two goals in a game since Middlesbrough. So psychologically, okay, an improvement. And defensively, what we've seen actually has progressed in the last two matches by conceding four. Uh, so the, the strengths and the weaknesses this sort of turned around a little bit. But yeah, we just want hopefully Wednesday to find that sort of consistency at both ends of the pitch. I, I thought the the last podcast we did before the international break, um, obviously Kieran Westwood was was up doing um, press duties that day and I thought he was great value, some really interesting stuff in in, in there. 
Um, unfortunately, it wasn't a great game for him, was it? I, th- I think, I mean, there were a couple of good saves uh, and, and actually right at the end, it looked like there was a match-winning sort of superhuman save from Kieran Westwood. But there's going to be fingers pointed at him for probably both of those goals, particularly the, f- the first one. It's kind of hard you look at it and think, I don't see a lot of evidence there of a foul. It just looks like he's just lost his head a little bit there. Yeah, Fernando Forestieri, when I spoke to him after the match, he claimed or thought there was a foul, but replay showed, no, there, there wasn't. There was nothing wrong with that. Unfortunately, Kieran Westwood um, has, has spilled the ball. Morgan Fox perhaps could have reacted quicker to maybe spare his blushes, but you got to give credit to AU there. He was on the, Johnny on the spot and he's, he's put it in the net. Uh, but... I can't recall many times over the years where Kieran Westwood has made that mistake. What we have seen a few times this season, which we've not really seen throughout his Wednesday career, is the um, lack of authority from corners. that we He's flapped uh, for that Wilmot header and not the first time Millwall away earlier on this season and I think if you could actually point and go there's been two or three other instances and Kevin Westwood on top of his game over the years that's one thing that you could always say is he commands his area so well coming off his line with his handling and to relieve that pressure on the defence so it's going to create a bit of uncertainty here that with the defence and now I think you have to uh, say that in defence of Kieran Westwood, that back four has changed and been disrupted a little bit over the last few matches. That's not helped the continuity uh, in selection there. And uh, But at the same time, Tom Lee's returned. He's played 150-plus games alongside Tom Lee's. So you would have thought that would help uh, any sort of vulnerability that you would have from a corner set pieces at the moment. Uh, and that's an issue for Wednesday that they conceded from set play at Blackburn and then two at Hillsborough in the last match. It's, it's something they've got to look at and there will be question marks over Kevin Westwood. I think if there's another glaring mistake between now and Christmas, then there will be serious questions to be asked over his position with Cameron Dawson there. I've, I've seen people um, talking about Cameron Dawson. You know, it's something... We, football fans are naturally quite reactive, aren't we? And, and, and you have a game where your goalkeeper makes two mistakes. So it's quite natural that people turn around and go, take him out of the team, put Cameron Dawson in. Dawson's not immune from mistakes. Uh, Westwood is not, I, I wouldn't say he's, he's a mistake-prone goalkeeper. I think over the years he's shown that he is generally quite reliable. There is that rush of blood to the head situation that, that we've seen a few times. I'm, I'm thinking back to when he got um, didn't get sent off at Forest a couple of years ago when he probably should have been sent off when he gave away a penalty and just other things, you know, opening day of the season against Reading comes flying out and, 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 and does get sent off. He's, it, that's happened. We've seen Kieran Westwood make those kind of rush of blood to the head type mistakes. But the the worry, and I think you probably touched on this there, is that the mistakes we're seeing at the moment are things that, that uh, I would say are quite like fundamental, simple bread and butter things for a goalkeeper. Like you, if you come out for a cross, you've got to know that you can get it. Uh, and if you if you don't, it doesn't really matter what happens after that. You, you, you're in the line for, for criticism. And for that to happen twice in a game is... Hopefully, just unlucky, but is is a worry there. Um, there is. Uh, he is vastly experienced, and he's played nearly five hundred matches in his career. Right now, what we're seeing is teams targeting Wednesday uh, from corners, boxing Kieran Westwood in, and 
knowing the type of character that Kieran Westwood is, and he is a big personality in that dressing room, I, I'm back him to come through this, and that what he's going to do, starting at maybe at West Brom, is he's going to start coming out off his line, punching clear, or he will come and collect the ball, and the you know, first time, no problems, and hopefully now he the mistakes are out of the way, and then the, the rest of this season... Uh, Wednesday, if they're going to be anywhere near that top six, are going to need Kieran Westwood to be at the very peak of his powers, without a doubt. We're jumping around a little bit here uh, because we've not we've not really talked about either of of Wednesday's goals yet. Um, but it, it we, we've said a couple of times it feels like a long time since that that game against Swansea, and it does. And there's been obviously plenty of other stuff that's happened off the pitch that we'll we'll talk about later on. But what what do you think is going to have been high up Gary Monk's list over the last couple of weeks? Because there's, uh, t- I think for, for from a fan's point of view at the moment, there's probably two or three quite sort of glaring things where you think right we we need to do better at. One is taking chances, the other is defending set pieces, the third is probably game management in the closing stages of a of a match. Do you think there's anything else that Gary Monk's going to have been looking at and, and kind of thinking you know we we've we've got issues here and we've got to work on it? Well, he said defensive structure, and that sort of falls in line with what you were saying about brushing up on set pieces and the individual errors late on in games. I think the game management is the big one. That you, you, you look at the points that are dropped and if Wednesday had picked up, I think it's eight extra points that they've dropped, they'd be second. And that could be critical in the final analysis. So Wednesday can't carry on. Uh, you know, doing this, and we, we I think we spoke uh, in the last podcast about what it could be down to, and I, I personally think it is concentration. I don't think it is a fitness issue, and I'm going to stand by that. And so, they, they've got enough experienced pros, and they should have leaders to be able to take that ball into the corner, do the basics, do the simple things right so they don't put themselves in these dangerous positions late on in the game or actually just blow teams away when they are on top. Don't just score one goal, two, three. Put put the game out of the team's reach when you're having a purple patch uh, You know, in a game. That's what I think we want to see. It's the best form of defence, as they say, isn't it? Is is attack? You know, if we score enough goals, it, it wouldn't really matter. Um, th- there's a there's a real kind of interesting edge to this, which is certainly the team that we put out against Swansea. It, it, you know, th- this is not an inexperienced squad. There was a lot of experience in that in that team, and and that raises probably slightly separate concerns about kind of character and other things in terms of leaders and leadership is is something that we've talked about quite a lot on this podcast, but not for a while because it's it doesn't seem to have been kind of like something that's jumped out as being an issue but uh, there were things that that kind of that we saw in that Swansea game that do make me think actually are we we getting back heading back to a situation whereby we are crying out for a bit of leadership again on the on the pitch because defending a 2-1 lead in a game where you've been 1-0 down you've had to really scrap and and credit you know if if we don't concede that late goal against Swansea we win that game 2-1 we're sat here talking about what a fantastic win it is what character that team's shown and and one moment just changes the entire conversation but that is football football 
changes on those singular moments and they're moments that just shouldn't happen you know that that just shouldn't happen in 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 that game on on a week ago on Saturday yeah I, I agree with you and I do think we have to again underline that I would say two of the leaders in that team in Julian Berner and Sam Hutchinson they weren't there could would they have made a difference I think potentially yes Julian Berner defending that corner at the end but, could, but but Tom Lees has come into the team for him. You know, yeah, you no, I. You know, it's it's like you've got Tom Lees and, and and Barry Bannon that are coming in to replace those two. Like you know, that's not. It's not like we're bringing in kids, is it? We're we're bringing in you know effectively the the captain and vice captain are coming back into the team to replace them. It, it shouldn't go the way whereby you think actually you know we've got we've got less leadership on the pitch because those two are coming in. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you. No, you're right, but. Um, Wednesday have certainly got options and plenty of experienced players we've been through it they have got the oldest squad in the championship so it shouldn't happen uh, um, and you want players to take responsibility and they have to do their jobs and right now what we're seeing is they are not at the end uh, as a team collectively they are making mistakes and they have to cut them out and uh, or it's going to keep on happening and it's going to cost Wednesday points and that opportunity to really push for that top six. I, I fear I'm going to sound like a bit of a stuck a stuck record here because we talked uh, and indeed we, we, we named the episode about what a pivotal game it was against Swansea. There's the exact same feeling with the week that's, that's coming up that um, in terms of what we learn about all those things that we've talked about, that character, that leadership, that game management, taking those chances. Now, it's just a matter of going out and proving it in the games that, that, that we've got coming up. We'll, we'll talk about the West Brom game. We'll talk about the Birmingham game as well um, in a little while. Um, so final thoughts from the Swansea game. Was there anyone that particularly kind of stood out to you as, as putting in a really good shift on, on, on Saturday? I think, yeah, Tom Lee's, you would give him... Um Special, uh, well, maybe not special mention, but I, I certainly think that after ten weeks out, you've got to give Tom Lee's credit there. He and he clearly wasn't a hundred percent because the fact is that a week later he's played in the under twenty threes. Um, so I think he was certainly a week ahead of schedule. That I I don't think that if Wednesday had another option at centre half, uh, and, and you know that Gary Monk wanted to go for someone who, um. Is more experienced, and when you know Julian Berners pulled out the day before the match, okay, you've got Jordan Fornley there, but Tom Lees has come back. He played an under twenty three match, and so I think that um, it was a big call. And he, you know, he wanted the win. He was desperate to go in for that international break with three points behind them and that bit of momentum. So I think it was the right call to throw Tom Lees in, even though he wasn't hundred percent fit. And I think he did. Yeah, he he did okay. Yeah, uh, and Morgan Fox, I thought, was was solid enough and great to see him score for the first time in a few years. Um, trying to think, really. I mean, up front, Atty put a shift in. Uh, maybe on another day, him or Stephen Fletcher could have got on the score sheet. And I thought Jacob Murphy showed flashes. I think the one that I'm slightly concerned about at the moment, he's not gone off the boil. But his influence has waned of late a little bit. Is Kadeem Harris? Right. I would say is that I, I you would love to see Kadeem Harris getting back to 
maybe that sort of first six, seven matches of his Wednesday career when it, yeah. just every time he picked up the ball, you're excited and you think something's going to happen. And, and teams have clearly looked at that and are doubling up on him. And so life has definitely become more challenging for Kadeem Harris. You know, he had a great game, I thought, back down at Cardiff. But then, yeah, from that period of those five matches... In this, uh, you know, before the last international break, I don't, I don't think that yeah, Kadeem Harris has quite hit his straps. I think that's fair. I think he had good moments against Swansea, yeah. uh, but they were quite isolated moments, and and he looked like to me someone that has just played a lot of football and was probably ready for a couple of weeks and just have a little bit of a bit of a break, bit of a rest. Hopefully, well, we see him come present. back fired up. Right, time's here from the uh, from the big man. Here is Gary Monk. Gary, what what's the mood been like? among the players and everyone just over the international break and with the time that you've had to work with the group? Yeah, been brilliant. Um, we've done a lot of work on trying to set the right environment up here when we're working and we're together up here. We spend a lot of time with each other and the number one is to improve, but the, how we are with each other and how the environment is and you know that you need a positive atmosphere to do well. So said it to the players, even before um, any news come out last week, you know, if we're going to you know, we're always going to have stones or whatever you want to call it thrown at you and hurdles that are going to be thrown at you. You need to stick together and you need to put that right mentality there each and every day. And it's been great. They've been really good this international break. We've had some time to recover and then we've done some really hard work. So, um, yeah, I think everyone's just looking forward to getting back into the games now. You know, it's good to have the training periods because you've worked on things, but I think everyone will tell you, players will definitely tell you, you know, looking forward to the games now. We want to get back out on that pitch and that's where all your talking gets done. You said that you were going to work on a number of things over this mm. break. How happy have you been with the work that you've done? Yeah, no, actually it's been brilliant. Um, yeah, the defensive things that we need to get better at, things like we talked about the last you know, couple of games where those last bits of game management in those games, we've gone through that and we've also worked on the offensive side of it. So we've tried to cover a lot of things and the application's been really, really good. And, and yeah, you're just trying to help this team grow and individually them grow and show them where they can get better and and then them go out there and try and do the hard work to do it but the proof is always in the game so yeah I think that's what we need now it's yeah. been a good two weeks but once you start getting towards the end of it is that it you know you're itching to get back into the game so I think everyone's ready for a game now. Have Sam Hutchinson and Massimo Luongo have they been in full training yeah. throughout? Yeah everyone's been fully trained it's, mm. I think it's great that you know testament to the medical team testament to the to the sports science side of it and, and then buying into my methods and you know from the physical part of it to have a, a fully available squad at this moment in time going into this period you know it's testament to all, to all of those staff members you know have helped you know put those players in that place so it's only Joey but Joey's Wildsmith is back out on the mm. on the pitch is training it's just another couple of weeks before he's fully training so everyone else is fully fit so that's good. So you've got a real selection dilemma or two in midfield, haven't you? But no, it's the perfect timing. It's great. You know, we're going to come into a period, I've just said it before, you know, where everyone's going to be needed or everyone needs to be ready. So, um, yeah, that's the best bit about it. And decisions, that's part of the job. And you always make decisions what you feel is is best for the team and and what you feel best for that game. So that's how you have to do it. Coming back to the charge, how confident are you that the players, that they won't become distracted by it? Well, you know, I've... Obviously, my experience helps that in terms of of Birmingham and um, you know having the the experience and knowledge of how to help a group understand how to focus on what they need to do, and that's the reality. The focus, the reality is, is that it doesn't directly affect us in terms of how we can train every day. 
we can train how we want to train every day regardless. So we can put that there. We can play how we want to play. We can approach matches to win matches regardless. So it doesn't directly affect the day-to-day -day stuff for us, you know, and that's what we have to focus on. That's what we've already spoke about. And, and that's been the attitude and mentality, seeing that clearly in the, in the international break. And we're going to need that along with our, you know, the whole club, the fans and everyone to mm. help this team and help the club. And, and we show our metal, you know, we show how together we all are and we come out fighting and, and we do that all together. And that's the key in, in this period and, and for the rest of the season. Did you speak to the team straight yeah. away after the news came yeah. out? Yeah. yeah. Do you I think that was just important to do? Just to yeah. Look again from my experience, I did the same with, with Birmingham um, and with the players there, and had a really good response from them. And I have no doubt that these players will be exactly the same. You know, it's, we can't affect that. You know, that's a, a club issue, and it's a club um, issue to, to work through. Um, you know, we can't. We can only control what we can control, and that's what we do on a daily basis out here. You know, and then what we do in the matches, that's what we can control and that's our duty to do that. So we have to focus only on that and give our 100% towards it because that is what helps the club um, in this type of situation anyway. Coming back to the team, what are your thoughts on how Kieran Lee, he started the last two matches and how he's done, yeah. and how he's performed? Fantastic. I think he's been brilliant, really effective. Um, as I said, it's been that midfield area. You know, Massimo scored a few goals before that period where he got injured and, and Kieran's... You know, contributed really well. You got Hutch, you got Joey, um, and you got obviously Barry Bannon. Um, I said the skill sets of those five, where they're all quite different and offer a different skill set, is a real bonus for us because certain games will help us in terms of combinations and and um, yeah, in this period now for freshness and things like that, um, it's good to have that selection definitely. Do you think it's as good as anything in the league that midfield? I think it's yeah for me, for definite yeah, and um, and the push for them to. You know, a lot of them are experienced boys, um, experienced lads. Well, all of them are. Um, but it's trying to push them to to their full capabilities again, and, and push them to the abilities that they have, and bring that, those skill sets that they all have mm. to the fore. You know, and they're going to need that in this period. So that's what we've been trying to help them from an individual and collective. You know, and they're great. You know, the whole squad. They're very competitive, and all know that they know this competition. They also know that they're there to make sure that each other get better, and that there's no slacking off you know they know that if they're not performing or they're not putting it in then um, they're going to make it difficult for themselves right so let's stick to on the park conversation for now two games coming up this week and they're very different prospects these so West Brom away on Saturday Birmingham away ne uh, sorry Birmingham at home next Wednesday let's talk West Brom first so West Brom are the team that's just showing signs, aren't they, of, of maybe just starting to pull a little bit ahead and um, kind of probably up there with Leeds maybe in terms of being kind of favourites going into this period of, of, of games. There's little signs there that they've just got themselves together at the right time, isn't the West Brom? They've lost one match all season. So that's the level of consistency that you're looking for to be successful in the Championship. They've got a very good manager who you arguably would you would say should be managing in the Premier League in Slaven Bilic, and they've they've just got a lot of quality. Like you know, it's especially in the forward areas, and that's what why it's going to be a big challenge for Wednesday. That you know, you look at it that they've got really good options at this level from Zahor and uh, you know, Robson Carnu. 
and you, the, you, the lads who sort of play in just behind that lone striker, there's Charlie Austin, who hasn't really done the business yet for them as well. But then the ones I've been really impressed with is Dean, Dean Garner, um, just very tricky, skillful player, Pereira. So Wednesday are going to have their hands full. There's no getting away from it. And um, that crowd... I remember last year when Wednesday played them and nearly got the win yeah. and put in a, a blooming good performance, actually, uh, when Lee Bowen was in caretaker charge. And uh, it was an own goal right at the end that denied Wednesday. But they're going to need that sort of level of performance, absolutely, to get, I would suggest, anything at, at West Brom. It's a real, it's a real hard one to guess how Wednesday will approach this because you, there's a good argument there, isn't there, to to kind of go in with the let's try and make sure they don't score approach rather than kind of go in if we if we go quite quite attack minded then we could find ourselves getting picked off particularly with the the form that the defence has been in and those little like lapses and errors and stuff there. I think what we've seen so far from Gary the Gary Monk and the way that. He wants his team to go about the businesses. I think it's unlikely that Gary Monk will be going to West Brom to try and go toe-to-toe with them and play sort of an open, attractive, aggressive, attacking brand of football. I think it will be more pragmatic, the approach. I would have thought, it, yeah, in light of Wednesday having conceded four in the last two matches, He'd be looking to tighten the defence up and he will be wanting and looking for his team to try and make things as difficult as possible for West Brom. And I think on Saturday, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I do think on Saturday that the first goal was going to be big. And and if Wednesday, if they go behind, it, it's the, the challenge has just got that much more difficult. Uh, but if Wednesday can get their noses in front and then West Brom have to make all the running... We know with Wednesday and the pace that they've got on the break that they can do some more damage and they, that you know maybe Wednesday will be able to get some joy there. Before the Swansea game, we we talked about if if we kind of expected any changes. I I said that I th- I thought that it would be a good game to bring Fernando Forestieri into the starting eleven. You were a little bit on the fence about it. Uh, it didn't happen in in the end. He did come on as a substitute and and obviously he he scored. Um, he he's now going to be kind of feeling like he staked his claim a little bit there to um, being with a, a shout of a of a start. We've got that age old question that we've talked about a lot, which is where where does he fit into the team? But putting that aside, do you what do you reckon? Do you do you think there's a chance that he's in the team at uh, West Brom, or is he just a little bit too luxurious? I think that it would be a very bold and adventurous call to put Forestieri in from the start and so I think he'll have to make do for place on the bench again and that last half an hour was an impact player. I don't think he's done enough actually when he's come on. I know he scored last time out but I've at times been a little bit disappointed with the contribution off the bench. I, I sort of expected him to you know, really inject a bit more energy and brightness than perhaps sometimes he's done. Uh, but maybe that goal will kickstart him. I hope so. But I, I don't think that Gary Monk, in the formations he's played and the personnel that he's selected so far, it would be a shock to me if he starts Forestieri at West Brom. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he started Forestieri against Birmingham at home. 
But I think going to the leaders, you've got to show them a level of respect and the fact that West Brom are one of the better teams on the ball. Wednesday are going to have to do a lot without the ball that's very good to get a result. So can you rely on Fernando Forestieri over 90 minutes to track back, do the covering that's required to do the, the ugly side, the dirty side of the game? That's, I think, there's a question mark there. So I, I, I just think that it's maybe a bit, it would be a bit of a gamble if you started Forestieri. It could come off, hey, it could come off spectacularly. We saw Norwich last season that wonder goal and his performance that night, you know, he he lit the place up. So that's why it's, it's, it's such a difficult conundrum. But I just, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the 10 matches into Gary Monk's reign, I, I, I'd not seen the evidence to suggest that he would go that far with, with his team selection when you're playing the elite, when you're playing the best. You know, you've got a trump card on the bench, but do, you know, would you play that from the start? And I'm, I just don't think he would. In, in my at, mind, at this I, moment, I'm, I'm linking this to another slight sort of quandary, which is just whether or not this kind of playing Stephen Fletcher as the lone um, striker. It, it worked quite well early in the season. It feels for a few games now, it, it's something's not been clicking with with that when when we've played that. Um, four three three four five one. However, you look at it, it certainly didn't a Blackburn. No, and it worries me match. that you know that would seem like the most likely formation mm. to play at, at West Brom, erring on the side of caution in terms of it be more four five one than four three three. But where where do the goals come from in in that? And 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 then you look at Fernando Forestieri and think right, maybe that's where the goals do come from, but. It just doesn't fit into that formation, does it? So there is there is a real quandary there, and um, I just wonder whether or not if if I was Gary Monk and I look back at the last few games before the international break and think what we were doing seemed to have just become a little bit stale. It just wasn't quite clicking. It wasn't quite working. It needs something just to inject a, a bit of oomph into it. Yeah, and, no, and, I, and, I agree with you. I don't know where that comes from. If if you can't fit Fernando Forestieri in or you don't think it's his kind of game, I think that would be fair. But I just kind of feel if we just start that game with Stephen Fletcher up front, you've got Murphy on one side, you've got Harris on the other side, it's not screaming out goals there. And that's, no, that's a worry. It's kind of going into a game almost sort of expecting is the best that we're going to get out of this probably a nil-nil draw. Well, all sneaking a one-nil. You know, scoring from a set play or yeah, whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. I, I just think that containment is going to be the order of the day, especially early on. The only one that I would suggest in terms of the umph, uh, that if it's not Forestieri, would be if, if Massimo Luongo was fit, then the, the temptation is there to go with a 4-3-3. And you bring Hutchinson, Wongu in to play alongside Bannon. You leave out Kieran Lee. Yeah, it's a tough call maybe uh, in many people's eyes, but these big selections have to be made. And then you have Harris on one side, Murphy on the other, supporting Fletcher. But crucially, Wongu driving on from midfield. And we've seen he can chip in with a goal. I think that, that would feel like a... A, a, a more balanced change, team, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would feel like you look at that and think, "All right, well, there's something there. There's a bit of creativity. There's a little bit of a spark there yeah. that that we've seen Luongo 
provide and, and score goals. Yeah. And plenty um, of legs in midfield, crucially. They're going to have to match West Brom up yeah. um, in that department, without a doubt for me. The, the, they can't get buoyed and out-muscled. So Sam Hutchinson brings that steel, the bite, and Massimo Luongu brings that ability to go box-to-box. But yeah, go beyond Stephen Fletcher when he does win his flick-ons. If there's nobody around... Stephen Fletcher, when he's winning his aerial duels, and and he will do, he's, he's up against some half-decent centre-halves at this level, but he will win the flick-ons. But if he's got no one to head it onto, it's just going to keep coming back and back, wave upon wave, and Wednesday going to have to do a lot of defending. Uh, the following Saturday, we've got Charlton away, which is a hard game for a lot of different um, reasons in the ground we've got an awful record. At. Um, obviously, we're not going to talk about that today, but kind of sandwiched between those, we've got a home game against Birmingham. I mentioned the Charlton game because you look at the, you look at West Brom away, you look at Charlton away, and then you think, right, Birmingham at home. It's kind of a must-win game, isn't it, out of the week that we've got coming up? Because West Brom, I, th- I think we'd all... If we're honest, we'd all take a point from that from that game, and that would be a good result. Charlton's not going to be easy, so West Brom. You think, well, that's that's the that's got to be the three points that we get out of um, next week. But it, it's not it's not going to be an easy game, Birmingham. It's not going to be an easy game at all. Um, again, it's another one of Gary Monk's former teams, and it's almost like a weekly occurrence now, isn't it? Us coming face to face with one of Gary Monk's um, former teams. His most recent team. A lot of players that are there are players that he um, was responsible for bringing into the into the club. He'll, he'll know quite a bit about them. But again, it's not. It's certainly not going to be uh, an easy match. You would look at it and think that's the one where you'd sort of expect a more sort of positive from from the from the outset kind of performance, akin maybe to the way that Wednesday started against Swansea. Yeah, that that's what we will want to see from that Birmingham home match. They have to be on the front foot, aggressive, and uh, and really taking it to Birmingham. I think if they do that. Uh, they fancy the chances of beating Birmingham. They've lost half of their 16 matches this season. They're, in, they're mid-table. They are a bit of a yo-yo team. Uh, they have a very good striker, in in my opinion, in Jukovic, who has uh, you know, done very well in the last few years against Wednesday as yeah. well. Uh, so whoever plays at centre-half, um, they are going to be in yeah, for a tough evening, definitely, because we know that Aerially, you know, he is a real threat uh, in this league. But you, you do look at the week and you do, you know, look at that one in isolation and think that Wednesday have done well at home so far. One or two you know, draws maybe there that they would have liked to have turned into wins, but they've only lost once so far. So they have been pretty strong and they're going to, ha- yeah, they have to keep it going definitely. So the, there will be pressure on that Birmingham home match, I think, to get a win. When you when you look at the two away matches sandwiched in between it, they, they are not going to be easy. I know we kind of flippantly, kind of almost jokingly talk about it being another of Gary Monk's former teams. Is there any significance in 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 that? Do you think you know the fact that he's going to know? You know, he's he, he, the, the guy who's Birmingham's manager was his assistant when he was there. He knows the ins and outs of a lot of that squad, um, and that that can be a positive or actually could be a negative. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether or not he'll he'll think that he knows them better than he does or something mm-hmm. like that, or whether or not. I mean, you talked to the to the guy, and obviously you've, you've you've already asked him three or four times this season about playing, you know, former former teams. Do do, do you think it? it plays on his mind or has any significance in his thinking he, he usually plays it down but I, w- I would think that Birmingham being his last club and with the way it ended there after he'd, he'd done such a good job 
but uh, there were a lot of things that went on behind the scenes at Birmingham that I, I think he will be out of all his former clubs that he's played so far. I, I do think he'd be privately pretty keen to put one over them uh, next week. I, I, so yeah, you know, he will no doubt just say it's it is another game um, and that it's not about him and that. It's about Sheffield Wednesday. That's what he will say publicly. But I do think that, yeah, I'm sure if you asked Gary Monk privately, that out of the former clubs, Middlesbrough and Leeds, and uh, who have I forgotten off the top of my head? Um, Swansea. Swansea, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I do think that's the one that's fresh in his mind and that, you know, he did 18 months there. And by all accounts, you know, the fans were delighted with the job that he did uh, but in the summer it you know it came to an end and so I think that yeah the fact that his former assistant who he knows very well James Beattie is still at Birmingham yeah I think it that adds a little bit of spice to the fixture definitely Wednesday are in a, a position whereby for very for, for a number of different reasons we could really do with points in the bag um, we'll, we'll get on to kind of talking about the off the pitch stuff in in a little while um, I get, we touched on this earlier and, and we do seem to have this conversation every week but we are at that stage now whereby the season starts to kind of take shape so Wednesday have been in a position whereby with a win you know we could jump into like the promotion places or you know the, the top end of the playoff places a defeat means that we kind of drop to mid-table and, and that early start of the season you do yo-yo around and actually a win feels more significant than it does later on in the season because things start to take shape. This feels like a week whereby we're really going to see how Wednesday season is going to take shape because we could be sat here a week from now empty-handed, we could be sat here with four points, we could be sat here with maybe just one point and I, and I, I kind of feel like we're going to really start to see what kind of a season we've got in store for, for Wednesday from certainly this next three games just it just feels really significant it feels like this is when the season's going to really start to bed in now yeah I think so it's such a crazy division that uh, before the international break uh, in the space of what was it 48 hours or so that the uh, first place change hands three times but Crucially, from Wednesday's perspective, is that now actually it was quite tightly bunched a few weeks ago. But you look at the league table now, and as things stand, you know, Wednesday are down in eighth, and there's an eight point gap between them and West Brom now, which was only a few points you know, a few games ago. So it just shows you that the Blackburn and the Swansea matches to drop those points that, yeah, you know, that's that's um, five points and. With those five points, Wednesday would be sitting in fourth. So that so, the the league is still tight to an extent. But yeah, in three matches' time, yeah, it could be, the picture could look very different. But I think you still will get a lot of twists and turns. You still will. This league is so competitive, as we know, that uh, I think that all it takes is for you to go on. One really good run where if you can string those four or five wins together, you you will just shoot up that table. That's what it takes. And so Wednesday, I think it's two wins now from the last seven. So they're in need of another unbeaten run, I think. And you could do with that unbeaten run being mainly wins rather than draws. And starting on Saturday. Yes. Right then, here's a guy who is very popular among uh, Birmingham fans. Uh, it's Barry Bannon. 
Barry, what with your Birmingham connections, what sort of reception do you think you might get on Saturday with the West Brom? I'll probably get a little bits and bobs. It's more the game after that where I'll get more, more so. Um, I can't really remember. I've played there a few times and it's not been too bad, to be honest. So I might get away with one on Saturday, but if they read this, I'll probably get it. But it's part and parcel of football. It's, I enjoy it, to be honest. If you're getting booed and stuff, you must be doing something right. So hopefully I do get booed on Saturday because I'll be doing things right. So um, it's not... It won't really bother me, it's like every other game, you, the atmosphere is always there and it, if anything it makes you play better. Busy period coming up, how important could this run of three matches you've got a week be to your season? Yeah, you see it all the time, three games in a week, if you won all three, you can go from bottom half to top six and obviously we're in a nice position at the minute. Could have been a bit better but we're in a good position at the minute, if we can rack two or three ones together then we're going to be right up there. Stephen Fletcher's gone to sit about the goal, having had a great start of the season. How's he feeling at the minute in terms of, did he just think it's a matter of time? I didn't even know that, I can have a bit of banter with him tomorrow now. Um, nah, I didn't know that, um, obviously contributes way more than goals on the pitch, he's been brilliant for us this season. Um, he's not really, like I say, that's the first time I've heard about it and it's probably Maybe Fletch as a striker, I don't know about it, but you wouldn't be able to tell in training, he's his usual self and if he's not bringing goals, he's bringing other things to the, the team, so it's up to all the other boys around about him if he's not scoring for us to chip in and help him. Um, he obviously went on a re- good run at the start of the season, he's scoring lots of goals, so like I said, it's, midfielders have got to try and chip in and help Fletch out as well because he brings a lot more than just goals to this team. So obviously we've had the international break. We we could kind of touch on uh, the performances of a couple of Wednesday players who've been representing their countries. Liam Palmer had a good game for Scotland and Atty Newu playing against uh, England, which was um, interesting. I think when when we when we talk about kind of non-Wednesday match-related stuff, there's probably only one thing that's really kind of on the agenda right now, which is the um, situation over the course of the last week or so where the EFL charging Wednesday over the uh, the stadium sale saga, I think I'm going to call it at, at this point. Uh, obviously you've been away so you've uh, probably not been kind of right at the heart of all the sort of the the, the coverage of it um, which by the way you're never allowed to go on holiday ever again because this happens every flipping time last time it was Gary Monk getting appointed now it's all this stuff um, what, what's your what's your sort of reading of this then as things stand at the, at the moment how do you kind of see it all it's very hard to say with any sort of authority what's going to happen and well, how it's going to unfold and think that's what we are in a little bit of uncharted territories this is okay you've got the the Birmingham City example from last season where they were d- uh, deducted the nine points but uh, this is a completely different case uh, this is all oh, a lot to do with timing uh, and how and when that stadium sale and everything has gone through uh, relating to the charge and, and the fact is that the EFL they have investigated not just Wednesday but they, they are still looking into the likes of Derby and Aston Villa and Reading uh, so it's not just that Sheffield Wednesday who have exploited a loophole um, and and in that they've not in the sense of that loophole is there to be exploited they, they have done that but of course 
there's no getting away from it. The it's historic it's, when you look at it historically, it's the fact that it's recruitment for Sheffield Wednesday, how much they've spent on wages and players, and the bottom line is they haven't done anywhere near enough trading um, to offset um, the increased wage bill. And um, so, yeah, their turnover has gone up over the years with the success to a degree that they've had by getting into the playoffs and, and being and challenging at the top end of the table. But, yeah, it's come at a hefty, hefty price. And uh, so Wednesday... Yeah, you hope that they're not going to pay for it and the club are vigorously denying discharge. So the fear is this could rumble on and on. The Birmingham um, case where they've been charged, it was then, I think, from it was from August to then March before they actually discovered and found out what their punishment was. And so that, you know, that would be the worst case scenario. That's the last thing Wednesday want where, you know, in their case, it, it could be even more severe with a points deduction, you know, you're looking at the sanctions, It's, uh, it's it could be a f- uh, fine, but you would have to say that may, you know, that's unlikely, you would think right now with the, the wording of the EFL statement last week, um, you know, this is, they're taking this as a very serious matter. And so, you know, they clearly believe that, um, or, or aren't, wholly satisfied that Sheffield Wednesday have done everything by the book but the club staunchly believe that you know they, they've got a strong case and that, that they will get this dropped but how long is a piece of string as to when this is going to get resolved it, it's a it's a real hard one to dissect isn't it because it's not helped by the fact that the EFL statement was very vague and it talked about several charges without really kind of going into any sort of detail about what they are which makes it really hard to try and second guess what what the sanctions might might be we also know that there's been a change at the top at the EFL and and there's a suggestion that they're going to try and move faster they want to avoid situations like what we've seen with Bolton and with Berry that they want to be a bit more decisive which would suggest that maybe that that punishment is likely to be sooner rather than later but that's just purely a suggestion there's there's no evidence that, that that's going to be the the case this this feels to me like real knife edge stuff because Wednesday are in a in a situation right we've got a squad that is towards the you know older end of the scale in terms of squads in this division there's a lot of players that are out of contract as well so i mean a point deduction would be a pain uh, uh, it, if it was a major points deduction and meant that we were genuinely looking at a relegation battle, that's that's a real you know that's that's obviously is is bad. If it's something akin to Birmingham's from last year, if it's nine points or even twelve points, you kind of look at it and think, right, uh, uh, would Wednesday be able to get out of danger if that was the case? Probably. But then there's this question as well, isn't there, of transfer embargoes. If Wednesday is slapped with an embargo for, say, the next three transfer windows, you you look at the squad and just think, oh, crikey, right, okay, this is an issue because a lot of those players that are coming up to the end of their contract, you would think we probably wouldn't be renewing those contracts anyway. If the sanctions that mean that we've got to let all those contracts run out before we can offer them new deals and maybe you know there's a wage cap that's in place there, then that's also... An issue. It would also mean if we just let all those players go, and we're looking at just bringing in all free agents to replace them, mm. 
we're not going to be able to reassemble the squad in the way that Gary Monk would be hoping to, which then raises mm-hmm. questions about, you know, is this a project that Gary Monk wants to see through? It just feels, you know, it, it just feels like we are stood heading yeah. towards a yeah. huge crossroads and what happens from this will shape the next potentially two or three years of Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it could do. Uh, but this is, of course, you know, if, if Wednesday, we're looking at, at almost doomsday, aren't we? You know, if Wednesday are found guilty, uh, then, you know, the sanctions, it, 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 it doesn't sound as if it would actually be another embargo and it would be more like a points deduction or the financial penalty or, you know, the Worst worst case scenario, possible expulsion from the league. I don't think. I don't think that one. Uh, you know that. You know that Wednesday are a member, effectively, of a union. You know they are one of seventy two clubs, and they are one of the biggest. So, uh, I don't for one minute think that the EFL are contemplating that. But it, the points deduction, you you do feel as if if Wednesday were found guilty, and given what they've they've done with Birmingham, okay different scenario you would feel as if that it's the points deduction that is more likely and when you look at how big the breach was you know if Wednesday hadn't done this stadium sale deal they would have smashed the 39 million that you're allowed over three years um you know enormous you know I think what 50 plus million you know so yeah, um, it is. It's worrying. It's very concerning for and fans have got every right to be, you know, concerned and, and alarmed. And I f- you know, I think however Wednesday come out of this, you've you've got to hope that it's a turning point and that they that they're going to operate differently and that it's not going to you know, they're not going to get themselves into this situation again of where. It, it, some people look at it and go on a much more scale. This is similar to what Leeds United did. I hate to bring them up, but you know, on this podcast, but it's what Leeds United did when they were uh, challenging for honours themselves in the in the Premier League fifteen years or so ago. You know, that's what Wednesday did. When, when you pay eight million for Jordan Rhodes and four million odd Falman Abdi Daniel Padil deal and four million or so nearly for Joseph Van Aken and you don't get promoted, and you know what the rules are, and you don't work within them regulations, then you are asking for trouble. And really, if Wednesday didn't have this loophole, yeah, the points deduction would be there already. And and I think the maximum that could have been given there would have been minus 21, I think. And that's the same for all the clubs in the championship. So that's why Wednesday had no choice but to, to look at this stadium sale and, and do this deal. Um, but we will have to see what happens. You know, I, I think this could, and I fear it could run and run, and it wouldn't totally surprise me if it went into the new year where this is still hanging over Sheffield Wednesday. But I think from the club's point of view, you'd like to think it's in the hands of the lawyers yeah. that they will be looking to try and get to the bottom of this as soon as possible. They need to know what their fate is, whether they're going to get out of this or they're facing a points deduction. Uh, but, it, you know, this is now going to just be that monkey on the shoulder, isn't it? Until it goes away, until yeah. they know one way or another what's going to happen. That you know, it, and it un- it could undermine the whole season, as we know, right? It could just go from Wednesday being in with a chance of going up to actually 
They're looking over the shoulders. Very much looking over the shoulders. The, I mean, the only good thing is, as fans, we're sort of a little bit hardened to it because it's been kind of two or three seasons now where we've sort of had this hanging over our back. So it's not like something that's cut, totally come out of the blue and, and caught us off guard. In a way, it did. But yeah, we it's are the timing of it on the international break. Yeah, the yeah. chairman had warned about it last December at the fans forum. He did say that the, you know, the possibility of um, them being in. You know, in profitability and sustainability trouble yeah. was quite high, you know. So he, he he did warn from the offset. I think it's it's just galling the fact that Wednesday've already had two soft transfer embargoes where they haven't been able to sign any players. And, and I think that's where I mean the question mark still is for me actually of so they came out of a soft embargo when they couldn't sign any players earlier this summer. So they satisfied the EFL's requir- you know, requirements and what they need. So that's where, for me, I, I think there's a bit of confusion here. So it, it, I would look at it and go, well, they, 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 you know, the league would have known that Sheffield Wednesday were doing this stadium sale and they weren't alone. And, and that's, and, but, and they, but they signed that off or they signed the accounts off. And so they had the soft embargo lifted. But then they've now investigated it in the last few months and they almost seem to have changed their mind or gone back on things a little bit. So many questions, isn't there? Yeah. It really is. Um, well, I guess we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. Um, we are fast running out of time. Um, let's move on to Alpinions. Seems like an age ago, but we asked you for one player you'd realistically like to see Wednesday sign in January. Um, this is probably surplus to requirements now because it's probably uh, probably what happened. But um, Dwight Gale, obviously you suggested and, and it was a name that came up a few times. Marcus Madison um, came up as well. Um, who else? There are a few other names. Ivan Turney came up. Uh, and some interesting ones. They're all on Twitter if you want to have a look. So now we are going back to something that we've actually done uh, coming off the back of the last few international breaks. So look at it between now and the end of the year. Wednesday, you've got nine games. So... Um, really asking what's going to be a good points return. So 27 points up for grabs. Those games are, we've talked about West Brom, Birmingham, Charlton. Then we've got Brentford at home, Derby away, Forest away, Bristol City at home, Stoke away, and Cardiff at home, last game of the year. So 27 points up for grabs. I'm going to say 16. I, I was looking, yeah, at a similar amount. So I'd, yeah, 17. Anything more than 17, I think, is uh, a a very good return that as they are some difficult fixtures I've calculated 16 on the basis of winning the home games drawing all the away games apart from one so we, we can lose one of them I have an awful that feeling that, might, that might be sooner rather yeah. than later um, but that could be winning one of the away games and losing the others um, you know it's just 16 feels like a good number for me so um, yeah let us know what you think on Twitter you can get us on Facebook you can get us on Instagram uh, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen I'm at James Marriott and you can contact the show at Dom and James thank you to our gold sponsor Taito Law who you can find at titolaw.co.uk and that's just about it thank you for joining us um, I say this every week but uh, we do appreciate your feedback and particularly your reviews if you go into your podcast app if you want to give us a review five stars will be lovely uh, if you uh, if you fancy doing that and subscribe as well to get the new episode every week and you can check the show notes of details of how you can become a singing the blues supporter up the owls and see you next week (laughs) 